You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of HR Mavericks. I'm your host, Garrett Justice. And today I am joined by David Blake, who's the human resources manager at K2 Electric in Arizona, in the Phoenix area. David, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So great to have you on the show today. Super excited to jump in here. But you know, you've listened to some other episodes. You know how it goes. We always like to hear just a little bit more about our guests to kind of set the stage before we jump in. So tell us a little bit more about your background and also what your company, K2 Electric, does. Sure. Um, So I've been in the construction industry since 2012. Kind of fell into human resources. uh, at the time, I kind of started at the bottom, and um, I needed an office job. I was going to school, getting a, a business degree, and I was getting close to, to finishing. And I was like, well, I should probably get a job that relates to my <laughs> degree, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, an ad uh, looking for a part-time call clerk, and I knew I'd have to start over. Um, so I applied. I walked in. They hired me on the spot and I spent like a year doing uh, file clerk stuff, Uh, you know, scanning papers, uh, filing, of course, getting coffee in the afternoon for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I got my start. And then uh, after about a year, my boss kind of pulled me aside and said, well, what is it that you really want to do? And, um, you know, I told her, I said, I want to do what you do. And she was a human resources manager. And from that point on, she kind of took me under her wing and uh, she became more of a mentor than, than a boss. And we had a, re- a really great relationship, uh, working relationship and uh, taught me everything I know. And then uh, so, yeah, I, I really love human resources, being able to help employees uh, take care of their families. Uh, brings me a lot, a lot of joy and satisfaction in the work that I do. Um, I've been with K2 Electric uh, for about a year and a half now. Uh, I joined about a month before COVID started. (laughs) Um, It's a hard time to join. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So I still feel like a brand new employee in some respects because, you know, for the first full year or so, I mean, that's all I was uh, doing was dealing with COVID. And so now I finally have a little bit of breathing room. I can focus on, you know, other things that I was brought on to do. Yeah, that makes sense. And K2 Electric is just a resident, mostly residential electric company, small residential electric company in Arizona. Is that right? No. So we, we do commercial electrical work. Uh, so okay. we're doing a lot of schools and warehouses. Uh, we do medical care facilities as well. Um, but yeah, we're, we have a uh, majority of our work is in the Phoenix metro area. And we also have a, a small division in Tucson, Arizona. Got it. And so if I remember right, you said um, just over a hundred employees or so. Yeah. All together, uh, we have 140 employees at the moment. Wow. And then you and one other person on the HR team wearing all of those HR hats. Is that right? That's right. 
<laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I know. How, I, I think that, you know, a lot of our listeners are in the exact same boat, small business, HR people, you got to wear a lot of hats. So um, that's awesome context. What I want to know is before we jumped on here, you told me first, before you got into HR, you were a cabinet maker. So what's the biggest difference between being a cabinet maker and now being a HR manager at the company you're at now? Uh, well, I had to buy all new clothes. Uh, <laughs> clothes I wore back then don't fit. <laughs> uh, my waist size has grown uh, a little bit. Uh, I know, but, I know how that goes. It's a little different when you sit at a desk, right? <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, you're going out to eat. There's food readily available. You know, at yeah. the last place I worked at, there was a free candy machine. So every time nice. I walked by, old candy. Um, you know, which is a perk and a curse at the same time, right? <laughs> That's right. But uh, I think biggest difference for me is um, there's a lot of similarities. You know, a cabinet maker is part of the team. We work together to accomplish goals. Um, HR manager is still part of the team. We still have goals and still working together, still yeah. having that camaraderie. It's just that, you know, it's not as labor intensive. Yeah, there you still go. A lot of critical thinking. Uh, so I, I find joy in both. Good. Well, that's awesome. Well, you kind of answered the question I like to start with is what, what, why did you choose to pursue a career in HR? I, I know you said you kind of fell into it just based on, you know, you saw this, you needed a job, you saw this ad and, and you've kind of progressed through that. But so I guess the question I'll ask you instead is why have you chosen to stay in HR throughout your career? What did you like about it? Sure. Uh, like I said earlier, I mean, I really enjoy being able to help the employees, um, you know, we're all humans. We all have things going on and just being able to, to be a small part and helping them, you know, want to get, get a job, um, being able to provide for their family um, and seeing them grow and develop. You know, I, I hire a lot of brand new electricians and watching them progress and learn new skills and then moving into leadership positions. You know, I, I get a lot of satisfaction in that because I was able to help, um, you know, it, uh, I'm shy by nature, but get me one-on-one -on -one and, and things go pretty well. But, uh, just again, developing those relationships and, you know, they're employees, but you know, they're, they're people too. And I really like to help take care of them. I love that. I think that uh, that resonates probably with so many HR people out there. It's, that's what either got them into it or has kept them in HR is, Again, the focus on the people, helping people just be yeah. more productive, be more happy at work and, and outside of it. So I think that's, yeah. that's a noble mission and we need really great HR people like you to, to help accomplish that at all these small local businesses where most people are employed. So, well, with that, I want to, I want to transition into our topic a little bit. Um, I know as you and I discuss what we should talk about today, you kind of propose this idea of four steps that you have to onboarding new hires effectively. So I want to dive into those specific steps and learn a little bit more about, you know, how that has helped you to onboard new hires. But I guess first to really set the tone, um, I'm curious why you think onboarding is so important for setting the tone for new hires as they join. Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So 
onboarding is critical. Uh, it all comes down to making a really great first impression, right? First impressions are everything, uh, even from like the interview uh, all the way to the first day of work and beyond. Um, you know, there's a lot of different studies out there or statistics you can find on the internet. But uh, there's a, the vast majority of employees who leave a company leave within like the first month, the first six months. Yeah. And it's all based on that first impression. Um, you know, if, if you don't deliver on what you outlined, um, if you're, if their expectations aren't met, they're going to leave. Yeah. And um, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. It is, it is, in my opinion, is one of the most important, you know, activities um, that an HR person can work on and a company can really get right together with, you know, HR and management, everyone else, because of exactly what you said, it sets the tone for, you know, the rest of their journey with your company and that experience that they'll have. And so making sure that that's tight is, is super important, but it's also hard when you're at a small company, right. And you're on a two person HR team. And so, um, how do you find the time to prioritize something like onboarding when there's so many other things that are pulling at, pulling at your time? Sure. Um, you know, prioritization is is critical, right? Um, I do have a lot of duties and responsibilities, but recruiting is probably one of my number one priorities uh, and payroll. Um, I got to have employees and I got to make sure they get paid. Um, and so everything else kind of settles in place. Um, and it also helps to have a great team. So even though it's a two person HR department at K2 electric, um, I have great participation from managers and supervisors and we all work together to make sure that, you know, we have the right people. Um, cause if we don't, I mean, our business would not be successful. Yeah, I think that's great. And one thing I really liked about what you said is you're working together with the management there at the company, right? And I think that that's such a key piece. If onboarding is just HR and management's not really involved in that, it's going to be less effective than when it's a team effort and HR acts as that business partner to management at your company to really design something that's impactful for those new hires that everyone is bought into, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, it, in my eyes, HR is kind of like the glue to keep everything together. But yeah. it, it's other people that are, you know, dictating what they want to see. It's it's them that know the roles inside and out and what they need yeah. uh, in an employee to be successful. And I just kind of execute the plan and, and make sure that things stay on track. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Well, I want to jump into these four steps that you have for more effective onboarding because I think it's going to be great. So this first step that you, you, we, that we talked about is, um, setting up for success. So tell us a little bit more about step one, setting up for success. Sure. So I guess what, what I mean by setting up for success is, you know, the separation is in the preparation. Uh, I like football. My favorite teams are Seattle Seahawks, uh, Russell Wilson's favorite sayings, but I just drafted uh, him on my fantasy team. I hope he does good this year. (laughs) Me too. I had him on my team last year. I got him on my team this year. I just hope he doesn't falter in the second half. <laughs> me cost, too. Me, cost me a championship. 
but uh but anyway i mean it is so true i mean you have to prepare for the employee's first day uh you got to make sure that you know if they have uniforms like those are all ready if they have computers or phones making sure all that's ready on day one because there's nothing worse than coming to work on your first day and you just sit around twiddling your thumbs because you can't work mm-hmm. um so again and then like making sure that the the person's manager is able to be there on their first day. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had situations where I have a new hire starting and the manager <laughs> doesn't make it. <laughs> yeah. And more often than not, it leaves a bad impression and then they leave. Yeah. I think that's awesome. So a lot of it is, is about, you know, there's a, there's a checklist of items, right. That a new hire should have, you should have ready for a new hire before they even come. And so making sure that you invest the time up front before they're there to make sure that things are set up and in the right way is really that key for setting them up for success. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, it, it also like if you come off as you're organized and you have a plan in place, uh, again, it just makes that impression all the more memorable. Because if you're running around scrambling the day of, I mean, again, they're just going to view the company as chaotic and they don't know. Yeah. Well, and it shows that you've, you care and that you've prioritized them, right. And thought ahead for them. So it, it really helps to build that trust. So that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So good. So step one, setting up for success, making sure you're prepped, you're ready there. You have, you know, everything ready for that person when they start, their manager's going to be there. Everyone's aligning on the same page. Step number two that you have is making a great first impression. Tell us more about how you do that. Um, again, making sure everything's ready, but then, you know, making sure you introduce them to everybody on the team, um, you know, depending on the position, of course, uh, you know, I like to have the manager take them out to lunch or breakfast or coffee or whatever the first day, mm-hmm. um, just kind of first days can be stressful. Um, and again, just, just having that one-on-one time and, and really make showing them that you're invested. Um, also swag. I mean, yeah. everyone likes swag, right? Um, so it helps them feel part of the team. You know, you don't have to go overboard or crazy. Um, but just making sure that they feel part of the team, right? If everybody uses, you know, your, your company's notebooks for meetings and they don't have one, I mean, they kind of feel yeah. that out. Good. So do you schedule any of those, um, first day meetings or lunches? Do you kind of leave that up to the manager? How do you, how do you typically approach that? Uh, I kind of leave it up to the manager. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they have a schedule and they have things that they, they have commitments. So, um, I try and everybody knows that, Hey, it's the first day. I probably need to box some space out. Um, but yeah, I kind of leave it up to the manager and let them run the show. Yeah, I love that. That's great. So giving them a time to just meet people, connect with them, you know, go out to lunch, give them some swag so they feel, again, part of the team, um, yep. whether it's a shirt or a notebook or whatever it is, right? Yep. yep. And then uh, I know we all get a ton of emails and we probably don't read all of them. I'm guilty of that. But um, another thing I do is like I send an announcement email. Uh, letting the team know that, Hey, so-and-so starting, 
uh, let's give him a warm welcome. And then I, I copied the, the new hire on the email. And again, it, it just, like you said, it, it helps them know that they're, uh, we're super excited to have them join the team and that we care about them. Yeah, I think that's such an important thing. It can seem like so small, but I just know as, you know, when I've joined a new company in the past, when you have people that reach out and really welcome you, again, it just helps to show that they care, that they're thinking about you, that they're excited for you to join the team, that you're going to be a part of that team. And so a lot of times that can be just, you know, something small, but I think that that's so important in helping really make that great first impression like we're talking about. Cool. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So that's number two. So first step was setting up for success, making sure you're prepared before they come. Step two was how do you make a great first impression from the get-go on that day one? Step three that you have here is your training plan. So tell us more about the training plan. Sure. Um, so training plan, I mean, it, you can get as formal as you want, uh, but, or you can be simple and just have some rough ideas of things you want to go over. But for us, uh, we, we take our high payoff activities. Uh, those are like the top four or five things that you should be spending 80% of your, your time and energy on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we take those and then we also have our key performance indicators. Um, and that tells you, you know, how successful you are at achieving your HPAs. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of use those two things and build a training plan. Um, cool. so, uh, for us, you know, we're kind of on the simpler end. We have a spreadsheet and we kind of map out who's going to go over what. Uh, you know, like I said, we're all part of a team. So you might get trained by your manager, but you might go train with someone else on, on this task or something. Um, so training is important. I mean, you hire the person because they're competent and they can do the job, but there's nuances to every company and every role that they might not be familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, when an employee comes on and there's no plan, you just kind of say, Hey, figure it out. Uh, typically it doesn't work out very well. Yeah. One of the things I love about what you just said is you have, uh, as a company, you've already kind of established KPIs for KPIs of how you measure success and the four things that people should be spending their most, the most time on. And then you organize the trainings around those things. What I love about that is it's, it's probably then really clear for new hires. What do I need to do to be successful in this new role? Because the training is tied so closely with those KPIs, which they'll be measured on later on. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So you I love that. I think that's such an awesome idea. Tell us more. What, what, what else do you include and make sure is included with that training plan? Uh, you know, since we're a construction company, you know, the majority of our workforce are electricians. Um, so we, we do a lot of safety training as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our ultimate goal is for every person to be home with their families at the end of each workday. Um, yeah. Jobs will get done with or without our crew, uh, regardless of Again, we want to make sure everyone's safe. Yeah. We won't go home. So we do a lot of safety training. Um, You know, there's job-specific training. Um, And then there's other training as well, like, you know, leadership training and other things as well. And it it varies, you know, based on the position and what they need to do. But yeah, uh, it's not just 
job tasks, right? Good. Yeah. I like that you're making it specific for the role as well. Right. And so it, it may vary a little bit depending on what you're hired to do. So I think that's awesome. So, okay. So let's recap real quick. Step one, setting up for success, which we talked about that preparation before someone joins and starts. Step two is how to make a first great impression uh, of a, a great first impression, said that backwards. Step three is then the training plan and making sure that you have the right training in place. And I particularly love that you're organizing those trainings around the specific KPIs for those roles. And then step four is feedback. Tell us more about feedback. Yeah. So in my experience, um, it takes a, a new employee upwards of a year before they feel fully acclimated, uh, before they feel fully comfortable being able to make decisions on their own um, and so be, being available and giving feedback readily um, helps them know where they're at. Um, and, you know, at, at least myself personally, I, I always like to know how I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and if you get feedback once a year, uh, you know, that's a long time to wait. And right. you don't always remember things that happened 10 months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, just having regular meetings, whether that's, you know, monthly, biweekly, whatever, just say, Hey, these are the things we've, we've gone over. How do you feel? Do you need more training on it? You know, what can I do that to make sure you're, you're comfortable? Um, or like, like, again, just giving that immediate feedback if, if they do need a little bit of correction, right? Like mm-hmm. people make mistakes, people learn, but taking those opportunities and learning from them. Yeah. I love that. What, um, what, what role do, do managers play at your company in the feedback process versus HR? Is that something that's done together? Is there separate types of feedback that's given? Talk to us a little more about that. Sure. So for, for our company, um, HR has pretty little involvement in the feedback part Mm-hmm. Uh, each employee uh, meets with their supervisor uh, every 30 days. Um, for us, uh, we're a goal-driven company. Um, so we set out big goals, and we meet mm-hmm. every six months to set big goals. And then from there, we meet every 30 days and talk about like our progress and what we've done, what we plan to do next uh, to achieve those big goals. And that's kind of how – our company set up and it's worked really well for us. Um, but yeah, HR, we just kind of make sure those meetings happen. Yeah. I think that's gentle. Yeah. Those reminders I think is key is, is making sure it's organized managers know how to conduct them and that they're happening is, is key for making sure everyone's on the same page. Right. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Good. Well, this has been, this has been great. I, I love these four steps. I think that these are steps that every company can apply and follow in their own unique world that they're in. You can adapt these to uh, your specific company or industry. And I think that these are really good guidelines for how to create effective onboarding for new hires. So one of the last questions I have for you is as you have implemented these four steps as you've hired new people at your company there, K2, um, what results have you seen from following these steps and really focusing on onboarding new hires effectively? 
sure. Uh, in, in my experience, uh, if you have a good onboarding process, those employees tend to stay longer because they feel part of the team. Uh, they feel engaged uh, and they enjoy being at work. Um, you know, not every employee is going to work or stay with the company for 20 years, but, you know, having to refill a position every three months, it doesn't make sense either. Right. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, if they feel part of the team, they feel included, it just really adds uh, to the, the culture. Um, and we typically have uh, more production. I love it. I think that's absolutely true. And there's so many statistics out there that, that like we talked about at the beginning that show that effective onboarding is one of the most important things to help set up an employee for success and retain them longer, right? Which there's a big financial impact for the business. And honestly, a lot of small businesses struggle with that retention piece, right? You have, especially the time we're at right now in the world and COVID and this is what a lot of people are calling the great resignation, right? Where people are thinking about, do I want to stay in my current role or do I want to go somewhere else? And a lot of it goes back to what was, did you set the stage in the right way with that onboarding? Um, and um, did you continue with that throughout their experience with you as a company? Is that right? Yeah. Love it. So this is awesome. Well, um, uh, I, David, I really appreciate you joining and sharing your tips with us today. Last question I have for you um, is separate from our topic, but it's one I like to, to ask all of our guests. And that is um, at our company, Eddie, we, we really believe that building a healthy business is one of the most charitable things that you can do if you do it the right way, because you have the ability to impact the lives of your employees and their families and your customers and your community and everything else. So in your opinion, what's the quote unquote right way to build a healthy business today? Uh, I might be a little biased, but I, I think the best way to do it is by taking care of your employees and your customers. Um, it, ultimately it all comes down to relationships, right? Uh, people tend to do business with the people they like. Um, and then also, I think a big part is giving back to your community. Um, the, that's, that's my thoughts anyway. I love it. I think that it's right. It's about people in the end. And so whether it's the people in your company, whether it's your customers, or whether it's about the people that your business impacts in the local community around, that's one of the reasons why I think we believe that you know, building that healthy business is one of the most charitable things you can do because you can impact so many people's lives. So I love yeah. that. I think it's a great answer. Well, uh, David, if there are uh, listeners that want to get in contact with you or have follow-up questions on this topic, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. Uh, happy to connect on LinkedIn. Uh, it's probably the, the best place to find me. Um, I'm not, if you email me, it might take me a little while to, to get in touch. So LinkedIn is yeah. probably best. Awesome. Well, we'll drop David's uh, LinkedIn uh, profile in the, in the description of this episode. So you don't have to worry about, you know, jotting it down right now. So David, thank you again so much for taking the time to spend with us today and sharing these tips on onboarding and, and everything else that you shared today. Hope you have a great rest of the day. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks again for having me. Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. 
but often small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll, and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline, deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddie. Eddie is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. With Eddie, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. Visit eddie.com today to request a demo.